Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Naeem wants to know, how are planets made? And what a wonderful topic this is. Thank you, Naeem. So how are planets made? Well, there's a lot of different kinds of planets out there, and we really are only just starting to scratch the surface on what there is to know about planets. Especially now that we're starting to learn about exoplanets, about planets beyond our own solar system. But even within our own solar system, there's a huge diversity. Think about the planets that you might be familiar with. So there are planets that are kind of Earth-like. We call them terrestrial or rocky planets that we think are made mostly from rock and metal. Then we have these big, big planets that are often called the Jovian planets. And we can split those into two main groups, into our gas giants and our ice giants. And unlike the rocky planets, there's nowhere to land on those planets. And then we have this huge category that we didn't know about until very recently. And it seems now to be the dominant type of planet in our own solar system, which are the dwarf planets. These are small planets with solid surfaces, they tend to be rocky and icy. And then we've got planets that don't really fit nicely into any of those categories. Some of these are some of our satellite planets. So a satellite planet is a planet that orbits around another planet. That's what satellite is, to go around. It's the companion of. So for instance, the moon is a satellite of Earth or a satellite planet. Now that nicely fits into the category of a terrestrial planet. But when we talk about something like Titan, Titan is really big. So it's about, it's roughly the size of Mercury. And yet on the inside, it seems like it's a lot more like a dwarf planet, kind of more like Pluto than it would be like Earth, or certainly much more like the, one of those planets and one of the Jovian planets. So there's this huge diversity. And then, of course, we're finding out about planets in other systems that we don't even have in our own system, like lava worlds. They're these rocky bodies so close to their stars that they're just molten balls of lava or mini Neptunes, ocean worlds, all kinds of interesting things. So how do they form? Now, we need to back up for a moment and say that no human has actually watched the process of planet formation before. And there's several reasons for this. The first is that this is probably, from a human perspective, a long process, a process that takes millions of years. Now, on a cosmic scale, it's a very, very short period, but that's a lot longer than humans have to actually watch. Also, planets, well, when our planets were forming, well, there was no planet for us to live on or be part of, so of course we couldn't have been around to watch it. And we think within our solar system that that was probably happening about four and a half billion years ago. So given that, 
how do we even begin to learn to be able to make guesses about informed and educated guesses about how planets are made? Well, there's a couple of different things that we can do to try and put the clues together. We need to collect the clues. And one clue is looking at other systems, right? I just mentioned that we've discovered exoplanets, so planets in other systems. So there are many other systems that we can look at with our telescopes and see what they look like. We can also look at young star systems that are earlier in their development that are still in the process of forming planets. Now we can't watch the whole process of those planets forming, but we can look at example after example after example and start to get an idea, kind of like a snapshot of all of these different examples and start putting those clues together. Now a little bit closer to home, we also have some material left over from when the planets were forming. So there are meteorites. So meteorites are rocks that have fallen from space. These are left over from when the solar system was forming. And so we can find these meteorites and we can study them and we can use dating. Um, so we can look at different isotopes and how they've decayed. So we can do a little bit with chemistry in the same way we might try and date the bones of, say, a dinosaur or some other fossil that we might find. We can do that with our meteorites. We have to use different elements, but it's the same basic process. And then, of course, we have our good friend math. So we make lots and lots of mathematical models. And we make computer simulations and test which ones, which starting conditions, give us the most similar results to what we see today. So all of this combined, we can start putting these ideas together to try and get the idea of, okay, so, so what do we think happened? So what I'm going to explain here is our current best understanding, but know that Science doesn't stop. We keep learning more. And sometimes our ideas over time change to try to match the clues that we find. So we think that in our own solar system, let's talk about the planets in our solar system because those are what we know the most about right now. We think our solar system formed probably a little over four and a half billion years ago. And it formed from the leftover material from a previous star that it exploded. And gravity started to pull that material back together. Most of that material became the sun at the center of the solar system. So the solar system is just everything that belongs to the sun that is orbiting around the sun. But there would have been this disk of leftover material swirling around the sun, all in the same direction, which explains why most of the major bodies like the planets and most asteroids are all going in the same direction. That would be counterclockwise if we look from north. And that little bit of material left over that didn't go into the sun, almost all of it is what made Jupiter. <laughs> Jupiter is way more massive than anything else in the solar system. Almost all of it became Jupiter. But a little bit that didn't become Jupiter, that material is what we think ended up making the planets. So how do we go from some bits of dust and gas orbiting around, racing around a star to planets? So our first idea is the idea of accretion. 
So accretion is the adding on, the falling on, or the building on. And this is how we think that probably the terrestrial planets formed, and maybe the larger planets, but this is probably how the terrestrial and dwarf planets formed. So imagine that disk, that cloud of spinning dust and gas. And over time, little pieces of dust would bump into each other. When they bump into each other, they're going to stick together. And then a few more pieces, those little pieces of dust, they start sticking together and they form something the size of grains of sand. And then those bump into each other and they, we get something the size of pebbles. And then pebbles into the size of boulders. And once we start getting a little bit bigger, like say a kilometer or so, they're starting to get big enough that gravity can start pulling in material. Other clumps of dust and clumps of rock and, and these boulder-sized things to start forming objects bigger. Things that not just the size of boulders, now we have things the size of mountains and things now the size of countries. We get into the realm of what we think of as planetesimals. And eventually, big enough things that they smash together, clumping in together, then we get something the size of a planet. Now, the more and more mass you add together, then the more and more gravity, and gravity is going to crush that into a kind of ball shape. So this is the basic idea of accretion. Now we need to add something onto this. Remember that this is all happening around the sun, right? And all of this is happening from the same material, this mix of material from this exploded previous star. But the sun is a star and it's a young star. And so it's very hot. So the closer you are to the sun in space, the hotter it's going to be. That makes sense, right? It's just like the closer you are to a campfire or the closer you are to the heater, the hotter it's going to be. And the farther away you get from that, the cooler and the cooler it's going to be. So we see that there seems to be a difference in what planets are made from based on where they formed next to the sun. If they were really close to the sun, we think they formed from heavy materials like iron and nickel, right? That's about a third of the Earth is iron. And that's partly because the sun has what's called a solar wind, so the stellar wind. We'll talk more about this coming up in, a, in another episode. So that would have pushed away the lighter material. But also, in order to get that material to start clumping together, it needed to have been able to freeze. Because it, tr imagine trying to get two pieces of, of gas to stick together. They're just going to bump away, right? They bump into each other and then bump away. But if you have two solid pieces or under certain circumstances, liquid pieces, you might be able to get those to bump into each other and stick to each other. But only certain materials can freeze at the really hot temperatures that you'd need if you were near a star. So the closer to the star, the heavier material with the higher freezing points would actually form. So that's why we think that we have the rocky planets and things like asteroids. Now, asteroids are just those chunks that never actually got together to form into a planet, that they didn't keep going, or they had been part of a planet and got blasted back apart or something like that. So this is the idea of accretion. And for a long time, we thought that that was probably how the giant planets formed as well. That they probably formed from accretion, but they formed farther away from the sun 
than the terrestrial planets did. And the farther away they were, the more access to those lighter materials that they would have had. And they also would have had access to frozen water. So in that early nebula that, that was around the sun, there was a lot of water. Water's really, really common in the universe because it's made from hydrogen and oxygen, the first and third most common element. Now it's too spread out. It's not like you could go in and drink it or swim in it. It's spread out and it's often gonna be frozen because much of space, unless you're close to a star, is gonna be cold. But that would have been available to start making the planets from. So the planets, those the big planets like Jupiter could have gotten bigger really, really fast. And the faster they got and the bigger they got, the more gravity they had. So the more they'd be able to hold on to the light elements like hydrogen and helium. And so they would have grown big, 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 big. Now that was, and that's still what is taught in most textbooks. And that's one idea for the formation of the giant planets. But this idea recently has been challenged by a lot of planetary scientists who think that there probably wasn't really enough time for that to happen. Because remember, we talked about the solar wind. Well, as the sun matured as a star, its solar wind got stronger, and we think that it blew away the extra material. So planets couldn't keep growing. They were stopped because there wasn't anything more for them to grow from. So we think that, well, there may have not been time for the giant planets to have grown by accretion. And maybe, so this is the second idea, general category of how planets might form. And this would only work for really big planets. This wouldn't work for little planets like terrestrial and dwarf planets, just our big ones, is that they might form from collapse, kind of like star formed. So a bunch of the material just gets pulled together, falls and collapse in on itself from gravity, the way stars form. So one way to think about this would be, Imagine that it's just snowed and you go outside and there's all this snow and you reach your hands out and you scoop up in your arms just this big scoop of snow and you form this big snowball just by scooping it all in. So that would be the collapse method. Accretion would be more like if you took the tiny little snowball and then you started rolling it in the snow and it slowly over time got bigger and bigger as it collected more and more material that would be accretion. So these are the two main models that we have for planetary formation. And over time, we're going to continue to refine this. The more that we study about planets and the more we study about other systems as well, the more that we start to learn. And hopefully we'll start to be able to sort out better which planets formed which ways. And maybe there's even a third way that we haven't even thought about yet. So. We need more minds, more planetary scientists and space scientists thinking about these topics. Naeem, thank you so much for this awesome question. And thank you all for listening and being with us here today. If you have any questions that you would like answered or discussed, explored on the podcast, go ahead and take a look at the show notes. Have your folks follow the instructions there to send me a question. And I will see you all next time. As always, I hope you have dark skies and stay curious. <laughs>